What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast. Parenting Beyond Discipline the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. Last week in part one of Surviving Summer, and I mean that in the best possible way, I discussed using summer as a time to work on and fix any struggles or just areas where you want to do better or things to go smoother as a family. Things like potty training, getting more organized, getting kids to listen and pitch in more, smoother mornings and bedtime routines, or any other areas you've been meaning to tackle. This episode, I'm going to talk more of the fun stuff, so to speak, in using summer as a time for building family togetherness, having new experiences for the kids, parents, or both, a time for kids to get to sleep in, have more fun with friends, and of course... Balancing that issue of not overscheduling and letting kids have enough downtime that leads to the phrase, I'm bored, and how we deal with that. A lot of this episode is, of course, geared more towards parents who have at least one parent who is home during the day with the kids, whether they work from home, or should I say, try to work from home when the kids are around, or they're a stay-at-home parent, or work part-time outside the home and are therefore home part-time with the kids during the summer as well. But I will also do my best to also include working parents, since it also means no homework may mean later evenings together. If a sitter comes in the morning to stay with the kids, it also can mean the kids get to sleep in. So hopefully full-time working parents can also find some great ideas and ways to use the suggestions in their summer plans with their kids. So please send suggestions or ideas or comments on anything if you think I missed some great ideas on ways you can spend some time together in the summer, whether you're working or staying home. Now, I have a unique situation, as most everyone knows by now. Anyone else who works from home or runs their own business knows the knife edge we walk. It's a huge blessing in many ways, and I wouldn't change any of it for the world. The flexibility is second to none. But I also am the one who gets called and takes care of everything anytime a kid is sick or gets hurt at school. I handle all the doctor's appointments and homework and everything else that can, and let's be honest, does get taken for granted when it comes to all those areas of taking care of families. Some weeks I get little to no work done. And again, I'm hugely blessed and I wouldn't change it, but it can be difficult to manage during times when you're very dependent upon and needed. But with my flexibility, I do have a blind spot when it comes to understanding the plight of the parent who works outside the home. With the plight of the parent who works outside the home, with a department, a boss, or peers relying on them, and then they need to take care of those exact same needs from their families, but have to bow out of a meeting or what have you to be able to do so. And if you're a single parent, then in many cases, you are the sole go-to person in these cases. So I have huge admiration for those that are handling all of that on their own. So on to summer fun. 
And I'm going to start out with something that while it doesn't sound fun right off the bat, it can totally be executed in ways that make it super fun. And that is keeping kids' academic skills sharp over the summer. Oh boy, where to start? If your kid's school has offered some resources for you for the summer, well, for your kids, then you're already ahead of the curve on this. Our kid's school has done this for our son going into second grade. Oh no, third grade but not for our two who are going into first. Our oldest has been given some websites to use to practice math and reading comprehension skills over the summer. If your kids are anything like mine, anything online is enticing. Well, for the most part. I would say the first step is this. Decipher which, if any areas, your child struggled with this school year. If there is an area of struggle, then obviously that is where you want to concentrate. If your child is falling behind in reading, That's a big area to concentrate on. If it's math, then focus on math. So I'll start with reading. And if you have a child who is a reluctant reader, struggles with reading, or just has no interest, I'm going to give some specific tips on working on that in a few minutes. But also, several of these tips I'm about to give can also be really good for struggling or reluctant readers. So first, some guidelines for reading over the summer. Elementary age kids going into grades one through three should be reading or read to, a minimum of 20 minutes a day. For grades 4 through 6, 30 minutes a day. And for grades 7 plus, is 45 plus minutes a day minimum. Again, this can include the time you spend reading to your child. And yes, reading to older kids is just as acceptable and recommended. Read aloud to children until they won't listen anymore. The tendency we have is to pull back once kids start reading on their own. But studies show that children who are read aloud to throughout middle school did better on their SATs than those who were only read aloud to through elementary. And those read to through high school did better on verbal SATs than those read through middle school. This continued reading keeps growing their vocabulary, so don't stop reading aloud. If you stop and then try to start again, chances are your child will feel infantilized like an infant. They'll feel like a baby. If you never stop, it's just part of the routine. And as they get older, read and introduce them to books that you like too. I've introduced my kids to some of the books that I liked as a child. Some Judy Bloom books like Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Okay, what if you have a reluctant reader, a kid who throws a fit or mopes around when it's time to read? You don't want him to hate it, but pushing it only seems to make it worse. Here are some ways to make reading fun. And I had one of these. It got so bad, he didn't even want me to read to him at bedtime. So I had to pull way back. I knew I needed to do this. And I found these fun ways to engage him in reading, which he loved and soon loved being read to and doing his own reading. And I'm honestly not trying to brag here, but I just want to show that we got this thing turned around really well. Because all I really care about is that my kids love to read, or at a minimum, they like it. But this kid used to act like I was trying to gouge his eyes out when I simply asked him to sit down and read to me. That was in kindergarten. So now he just finished second grade and had the highest score in his class for the AR, or accelerated reader, for the school year. For those whose kids don't have AR, it's a way of testing reading comprehension. And the higher level books for the reading comprehension, the more points that book is worth. They get asked questions to see how much they understood. So you can see we really got this turned around into a place where he really enjoys reading. 
Okay, so here are these ways to get your kids excited about reading. Read silly books at bedtime. Find the funniest, silliest books you can and see which ones resonate with your reluctant reader. Now, some ideas include things like No David, Almost Anything from Dr. Seuss, Frog and Toad, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing and Super Fudge by Judy Bloom, Letters from a Desperate Dog. Some other fun ones that come highly recommended include Big Nate and the Captain Underpants series. Okay, some parents find some of these books a little outside of their family values, so you can decide if things like Captain Underpants fit in with your family values, and if they do, and if you're fine with the kind of gross talk and the potty talk, then read away. The kids love these. When I started reading these to my reluctant reader, he would get to laughing so hard at bedtime that his three-year-old twin brother and sister would come running into his room to hear the stories as well. And there are some other ways that include more than just reading books that can help engage kids in reading, even if it's not their most favorite activity. Play reading games. Honestly, this is what saved my son's relationship with reading. I decided the best way to get him reading was to play games that involve reading. And here are the games that got Carter excited about reading again. We did single word games like Splat or Spot It. New readers love these games because they're fun, interactive, and they only have to read one word at a time. Now for Splat, there's two levels, one for grades K through one and another for grades one to two. Spot It has lots of different options from the regular game to Frozen to Finding Dory, sports versions. There's also a party version that they recommend for kids ages seven and up. So you can challenge your older readers with these games too. Oh, you could also make your own Splat cards with harder words. Active reading games are also great, especially after a long day at school. And I downloaded these great kindergarten word flashcards from education.com. I'll provide a link to these cards from the page for this podcast episode so you can print out your own set and have them on hand. So you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash podcast. You'll see a list of the episodes. Look for Surviving Summer Part 2. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. 
Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Word hopscotch. So I took these same words from education.com and I used them to create word hopscotch. So in each of the squares where he would jump, I would put one of these words. As he jumped on the square, he had to read the word. So this gave lots of repetition as well as a great physical game for after school. So soon you'll be able to move to full sentence games. A couple of those that my kids really like are silly sentences and a trivia game called Brain Quest. And Brain Quest has a, some big words in it, but it also has a lot of little words around the big words. So their little words are easy to read, like it, is, what, how, and then they'll have the bigger words they can kind of trip over, but you can help them learn those words, and they can increase their vocabulary and their reading. Also, every town's library has a summer reading program. And bookstores like Barnes & Noble also offer summer reading programs among other places. So you can join a reading program. It's a fun way for kids to get engaged in reading over the summer. Many kids find it fun to read a book and then rent a movie to compare and contrast the book to the movie. And we've done this with the Harry Potter series in our house. My oldest isn't allowed to see the movie until we read the book first. So we had to read book one and then he saw the first movie, the second book, the second movie, and so on. Right now we are stuck in the middle of book five and he's now such a huge Harry Potter fan. It's ridiculous, but in a cute way. Many times, because the chapters are pretty long for bedtime reading with three kids to tuck in, I'll read part of the chapter, and then he will finish it on his own in his room. Before I get into some math and then talking about some fun for the summer, I'm also going to mention one other thing that can also make summer fun and link in reading and science, actually, is you can choose a place that you'd like to visit, say like the Air and Space Museum or the Natural History Museum, and then read about that topic. So you could read about space and then go visit the Air and Space Museum. Gets you out to a new place, gets the kids learning, and then you can compare and contrast. What did you read about that's being reinforced at the museum? Or what are some things at the museum that you didn't get to read about in the book? Same thing with the Natural History Museum. You can read about dinosaurs and then go to the Natural History Museum. Again, compare and contrast about what you learned in the book versus what you're learning at the museum. You Then you could also create a project around that. The kids come home and they build a diorama about with the Air and Space Museum, or they could build a model spaceship, or build a model dinosaur, or build a diorama with a dinosaur habitat and put some toy dinosaurs in it, that type of thing. 
So now let's get into some math and then we'll talk about some more ways to have fun over the summer. Okay, so math is one of several areas where kids lose an average of two months of learning over the summer. So it's important to build math into the schedule somewhere. Another area that kids lose a lot is spelling, in case you were curious to know. So for math, give kids the money to pay the cashier and ask how much change they should expect. And then they can count the change once they get it. Have kids help pay bills and or balance the checkbook or in the case of most of us now, the online. Help look through the online and make sure that things are balancing and what you think you have in your account and looking at your budget, which goes right into the next thing. Teach kids about budgeting in age-appropriate ways. For older kids, you can teach about and discuss dividing up a paycheck into the budgeting categories. Then go back and look at your monthly statement and see what came out of which categories and are you on, on budget, under budget, over budget that month. Play math games. Things for younger kids are things like some swamp or bubble math. And then there's some extreme dot to dot, which is for counting other games like Quirkle and Cubits, which are more of problem solving types of games. Really fun though. Yahtzee, also another great game. Have kids keep score when they're playing a game or watching a game. Bowling, basketball, tennis are all especially good since the numbers can be more than increments of one. Cooking is a great way to increase math skills. There are fractions all over the place. Also multiplying fractions if you double a recipe or dividing fractions if you half the recipe. So if you have kids in older elementary, this is a great project for them. Have them bake cookies and tell them to double the recipe or half the recipe and see how they do. There are also some great workbooks available for math skills through about fifth or sixth grade. Uh, my oldest son really liked those Star Wars workbooks. He got a great math book and actually a great writing book uh, the summer that he was going into first grade. He got the first grade Star Wars books, and he literally finished like over half the book in one sitting for both the math and the writing. There are some great computer math apps and sites with games as well. I also have a handout on a list of computer math games that actually teach math skills and are appropriate by age and skill level. So this will also be up on the podcast page, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast. Look for Surviving the Summer Part 2. Go to that page and you will see the link to that handout. You can print it out and see which apps might be good for your kids depending on their age and math level. And even some of the sites and games I cover even cover concepts up through high school. I also always have to give my warning and that is if you have your child use the computer or any device that's connected to the internet, it is extremely important that you set up parental controls properly. Since there are so many different computers, tablets, and phones, I'm unable to give instructions on how to do this for every device because you could do it from the wireless device itself. You could put in a parental control device. You could do it from the computer. There's a lot of different ways to set things up, but just make sure your child is protected online. You can contact your internet provider for starters to learn how to put parental controls in place and limit the internet content. Even so, some content is self-regulated, so do your research. iPhones and iPads have made this really easy using their restrictions settings, so I do have a handout for that. I'm going to include that on the episode page as well on how to set up the restrictions on an iPad and an iPhone. But technology is constantly shifting, so again, do your own research to make sure your family is adequately protected to your comfort level. 
Now, I'd love to go into science and writing ideas too, but I don't have enough time. So if you want to learn more about supporting early reading and writing skills or early math and science or both, I have a new class coming out called Early Reading and Writing under the Education tab on the site at yourvillageonline.com. It covers ways to introduce reading and writing concepts to younger kids in age-appropriate ways, as well as how to help them grow these skills through early to mid-elementary. Obviously, the other class on math and science is called, you guessed it, Early Math and Science. Now, if you want more reading, writing, and math, science, art, enrichment tips for over the summer, there's also a class called Summer Learning Loss, all these under the Education tab. So these last two episodes have so far been about working on behaviors and family patterns we want to change, keeping kids learning over the summer, although in as fun ways as possible, but still, I want to talk more about some more fun. So whether you're working or staying home with the kids this summer with longer daylight and less school pressure, that leaves some extra time for everyone to have more fun. Now for parents who stay home and struggle with kids who are bored or with keeping them out of mischief... Hopefully everything I've covered so far will help fill in quite a few of those gaps already, and then we'll fill in some more of the gaps with adding in these fun ideas. I also want to just say that if you've been reading some of the recent articles that have been going around, it is okay for kids to be bored sometimes. It's okay to let them be bored, let them figure out what to do, don't automatically stick them on a screen or help them find something to do. Let them come up with some ideas. You may want to coach them a little bit on some things. It gives them opportunities to problem solve and figure out and solve their own problems. Make a list of all the cool and unique experiences in your town or city. There are tons of things you may have never even heard of or known about, or maybe you've just heard of them and you've never been there. And one of these days, I am going to make lists for almost every major city with fun and unique ideas for family outings and put those up on our Pinterest page. But that day is not today. So for now, you'll have to make your own list, but I will get working on that. Maybe for next summer, I'll create those so you guys can just go to our Pinterest page and print out a cool list of things to do around your city or town. For us, just as an example, our town has a Gibbons Conservancy. Who knew? It's just outside of town. It's literally only 15-minute drive from here, and they have all different kinds of Gibbons in different cages, and they tell you their names and birth dates. They swing around. Sometimes they'll sing for us, which is really really cool. The kids got a huge kick out of it when they all started. One will start and then they all kind of pipe in. They call it singing, but they all sort of howl. It's really cute. And there's also a tour where the tour guide teaches all about the different gibbons and you can ask her tons of questions. She's full of knowledge. It's really fun. There's also some other enrichment activities on the grounds there and it's a really unique experience. Our town also has several other really unique experiences as well. From lots of different hikes, one of them includes like a nature center and an old cabin where a family lived with 11 children back in the late 1800s. And then we also have an animal farm for rescued animals where kids can pet and brush lots of the animals and learn about their abusive pasts, as well as ways to take good care of animals. We also have a big lake where they offer free canoeing and paddle boarding for kids one morning in the summer. We have free swim team, diving, and water polo from a city grant. So take a look at your community and see what may be available that you had no idea about. Berry picking is always a fun summer activity. 
A friend of mine always makes a summer bucket list, which is very cool and keeps their family busy for a lot of the summer. And I love reading her list every year. She includes things like local amusement parks, and we have a ton to choose from here in Southern California. Water balloon fights, concerts in the park, outdoor activities like camping and fishing, beach activities, again, easy here in Southern California, but hopefully you have mountains or lakes or other great outdoor places if you don't have a beach. But she puts things like building sand castles, riding bikes on the beach, and playing in the surf. Then lots of various other activities like random acts of kindness, science projects, picnics, making bubbles, flying kites, walking to our local donut shop, I definitely am going to do this for us this year and start making this a tradition for our family as well. So what kinds of things would your family put on your summer bucket list? I'd love to hear your ideas. If you have any questions, whether it's the behavior we covered last week, any summer learning ideas you want to add in, or just want to share your summer bucket list ideas, please send them or any other parenting question you'd like answered to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.